I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, another Sunday, another short draw along, brief mention of a cartooning book for kids, and we'll see what else happens. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters Podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode 412, Preoccupied. And I decided on that title as I thought about what I might draw. So, no deeper meaning than that, although I always think things connect and interweave, overlay, overlay. And that makes me think of that book here. I really wish I could check out books from the library when a rogue thought of a book comes to mind and you think, oh, I want to look at that again. I have no need to pull it from a shelf here. I just want to go get it from the library. Oh, okay. It is a Sunday again. I whiled away a good bit of my Sunday just browsing on my phone, enjoying the quiet, preoccupied, maybe still pondering ink and inks and magentas. I talked about that recently and did a ton of research on those shades and those colors, trying to sort it out. And then, as I mentioned yesterday, I stumbled over an ink sample that is probably pretty close to what I'm looking for. And in talking about that in an Instagram post, someone else mentioned another color and I went looking and I see that that's the same shade, maybe exactly as one of the two I was really considering. And that led me to start looking at some of the different properties and some of the warnings I'm seeing. And wow, it's so hard to sort these things out. You just want to be able to call somebody up and say, Hey, can you tell me which of these two I really want? But in looking, I don't know why I didn't try it before, but Goulet Pins has a really cool swatch sample tool, and you can put in up to four different specific inks that they carry and see a swatch comparison side by side. So I did that, and I actually was able to narrow out maybe one, two, three of the other shades that were names that were in my head still from my list. My list was not just magentas, it had some other pinky tones, but I was pretty sure about where I wanted to be. And having tried this sample now that I found, maybe I didn't talk about it. I'm not sure. I found this sample almost out of the blue. I honestly would not have told you that we had any samples of a shade like this. And I walked over and picked it up out of the box and there it was. And I was like, whoa, I think maybe it wasn't really mine, but I am the one using most of the samples that we have. So it's been unexpectedly exciting. And in looking at the swatch samples on Goulet pens, I took some screenshots of the four that are similar. And interestingly enough, 
the one that I thought might be too purple compared to my first choice in my head looks like it might be closer to what I want. Although what I'm using looks like it might really just be the best choice. And that's kind of confusing because that was totally an accident. That's like the ink just sort of fell from the skies. I didn't even know this ink existed. I don't know that I wanted to go this brand again right now. I wanted to sort of branch out, but you know, it's just, it is what it is. We get wrapped up in these things. I really want a couple. I really like to just try these different inks, use these different inks, these little accents in the pages I'm doing. And even when I think, oh, maybe I should just try to use other color in my illustrated journal. And then I think, oh, that's not going to do well with the colored inks. And then I'm like, well, then that's a no brainer. That's a no way because I really like working with the colored ink. Maybe I should put a broader nib. I have one pen that's got a few other nibs. I could put a broader nib. That would give me a little more flexibility and a little more color might show. In general, I prefer the very fine nibs. And if I ever really invest, it's going to be in what they call, and I think it's an ultra fine, because I just can't seem to get something quite fine enough. But when you work with fountain pen inks, a broader nib gives you more color and you can typically see the beauty of an ink much more easily with a broader nib. And I don't use broad nibs. My very fine, extra fine and fine nibs, a lot of times the ink, it's so thin that you just don't really get that sense of color unless you do some hatching or some fill in or keep layering and deepening a section. And I do that and I love to see the ink, but I guess instead of beating my head against a wall about trying, trying to force myself into markers or colored pencil or something, maybe I should just really keep pushing this kind of ink. I don't know. It's not what I plan to talk about, but preoccupied, I guess. You get preoccupied, you sit, you open your phone, and you fall into something, whatever it is, something. Instagram is good for that. Google searches are good for that. Everything is at our fingertips, right? Even when I go for a walk, we'll be talking about the news or this story or that. Did you hear this or that? Or what about this or that? And I'm constantly pulling my phone out of my pocket as I walk around the hill and down and up and checking on things, pulling up details and stories and sorting things out because we always want to know and know more and keep knowing and it never stops and we never, we never really just make it all stop in our heads. Preoccupied. So when you hear this, this will all be over. No, not the pandemic. No. Although if you listen to certain sources, you will hear that this is almost over. But no, that is not almost over. When you hear this, we'll still be in a pandemic. But when you hear this, it will mean that the website exists again. But in this moment, as I record, it doesn't. And I'm probably being calmer than 
most people who know me would expect, but it's been really hard not to do something rash or extreme, but I'm trying to wait. It is a weekend and I'm trying to wait until Monday, see if I get any answer about what's wrong before I do something rash. So at some point, I will have a way to post this show. Happy? No, not happy. But when you try and do things as much on a shoestring as you can, uh, sometimes you have to wait. So it's been a year since I set up the way I did, and I've really been flying under the radar, and everything's gone pretty smoothly. So I don't know what happened. And yeah, preoccupied. Yes, I think I probably reloaded the site yesterday about a thousand times, just hoping. First thing I did this morning was punch in my URL, just hoping. Hoping that whatever it is is something temporary, but at this point, I don't think that's it. I think something has actually happened. We will see. So what am I going to do today? Well, yesterday I worked on a drawing that I talked about in a show of the woman holding flowers that turned out to be a very challenging drawing. Very, very challenging. And fitting it all in was definitely a puzzle. It was a good puzzle. I started it on the podcast. I finished my pencil sketch during my weekly drawing with friends session. And then I worked on inking it last night. And it was a challenge. And I could just put a sticker over parts of it that really show where <laughs> where the challenge didn't get resolved. It's funny. I had the sense that I had so much pencil on the page trying to readjust and move and fix and fit that once I got to inking, it was very clear to me that once I start inking, I'm not even using those lines. I am then kind of drawing it from scratch and it made me wonder what the purpose is of all the sketching I do. Now, yeah, I'm sure it gives me a general sense of where things are, but it was funny because I felt like I wasn't totally using the lines and yet having the texture of those lines just in my way was somehow helpful. And then I erased them all out when I'm done. So in the end, there was still a section that ended up a little bit of a problem. But I had fun doing it, and I'm really happy it's on the page. And then on the other page was my self-portrait, which I fell asleep, and I didn't finish. It needs to be inked, so I don't know. That's happened a lot this week, and not sure what's going on. I am super, uber, unusually exhausted. So I still have to ink that, and I thought about doing it right now because I really still need to talk about some self-portrait things because there are some videos I super duper want to share with you because I want you to go watch these videos that made such an impression on me. And I don't know, maybe there aren't as many of those as I'm thinking, but one video led to me watching a whole bunch of other people. And again, I've been doing the weekly self-portraits for the whole last year. Before that, I've done them at different times. I have certain times I always do them, but right now it is still weekly. I am continuing that. And 
Yeah, there are some interesting and funny things that I've seen that have stuck with me and that I'm going to mention, but I don't think I'll do that today. So I'm not going to draw that. So what I decided was today I will draw one of the draw along pics for today. For some reason, and somehow, I seem to still be posting these. So this is a new series of them. It's a new unit in the group. It just helps organize them. It's day 4.2, which is August 2. And it is... I had a different one picked for today, and I changed up my my picks this morning. I spent a lot of time browsing. Browsing at Sketchy, looking for all kinds of different photos and it is a teenager sitting at a table holding her phone looking at her phone and so that is where the preoccupied comes from is just thinking about that it is such a familiar scene we all know what that looks like if we had photos of ourselves we probably can easily be in that photo be the subject of that photo it's such a familiar thing the holding of the phone, right? So she's at a table and holding the phone. And I think that's what I'll do. I'll pull it up, make sure, make sure that that's what I want to do. Yeah, it looks like a real challenge to me. She's sitting in a restaurant or a cafe at a table, bent over just a little bit with her phone cupped in both hands. And so when I picked it, I knew that the hands would be the challenge and the drawing partly. And the hands were my problem yesterday. So I thought, well, I'm willing to try that. It looks like a good one. And then I had picked a cat and a beautiful flower. I'll probably do the flower later in my, in my journal. So unlike... The shows in the last two months where I said, okay, I'm going to do a drawing on an index card. And that was super simple. I knew what I was going to do and why. Today I had to think, well, and I'm really confronting this because before I had started, I was doing some portraits, but not every single day in the same way. Every single day I was trying to work in my journal. And now I'm working in my journal and I've been doing portraits, and I obviously can't do all these portraits in my weekly spreads until Inktober, which is when I can do that again. So I'm a little bit torn, a little bit at a loss. When I look at my spread from last week, I do really notice again that maybe it's unusual to have portraits of people I don't know in my weekly documentation. And I go back and forth about this in my head. So today, it's the start of a new week, a new spread. But on my spread, I already have two things because my drawing pattern goes with filling the page. It doesn't always quite map to the week. So I can either put this drawing in the spread or I can just turn the page and start a new spread and assume I will use four pages this week. I'm a little torn. So I'm going to stop 
and start and open my book in that process and figure it out. Before I do that, I'll say this is on Sketchy and the image is from the account Marie L. Okay, so let's see. I need a bigger table. <laughs> I really need to clear off another table. A lot of things I feel like I need to clear. I need to get things more functional in multiple spaces since college will be happening from home too, which means my room is occupied, but it does need to be cleared. So I, in terms of clearing, I can't get rid of the library books, but I am, and I've been feeling this way for weeks, but I feel really committed to actually going through the books and making it a thing, making myself actually go through the stack of books. It's almost, it's nonsensical and it's almost embarrassing to have had this whole stack of books for this many months and not read them. Something's different when I have them and just take them back and it's this constant flow of books into my house and into my life and into my view where I see them and it's nice and comforting. But... Having them here this long and knowing that I really don't open them is making me a little stressed. So I think I need to really look at them, which is why I'm going to talk about one today briefly while I while I draw that I have looked at before, but I don't think I've talked about before. So let's check it. Oh, and I grabbed my pen, which I need my pencil. Okay. So, self-portraits in the bottom, bottom left, and flower girl is in the bottom right. And because of the angle of this other girl, yeah, she would be better in a bottom corner. She'd be better on another page. But I think I'm going to just stick with this. So maybe I can, I like to do everything big. That's the problem. I think, well, maybe I can do her small. Let's see, I'm gonna leave some space here for a quote or for some text. I'm gonna be a little more deliberate this week since people are doing it with me and they did such a great job doing it with me, illustrate your week. And I did my own thing, which wasn't exactly what. But this is good, doing it together is giving me making me look with new eyes at what I'm doing and how still taking a similar approach, but working in other things deliberately to document the week, working in some tracking too. Okay. We need to set a timer. Let's see. Timer for 10 minutes started. My phone volume is off. Let's get back to the photo. And 
to get the hands. This looks like one of the impossible things to me to get the hands and the head <laughs> and the body in between. I'm doing more and more working where I'm trying to do this. I've talked about working smaller, but by trying to do some of these that have a little more body in them, part of my goal is to get a little better at that, at fitting more in. I think the problem happens for me that as soon as I try to get the fine detail of an eye or the shape of a nose, it ends up big. I just don't seem to be able to draw quite small enough. And I marvel at people who do and do it so beautifully and effortlessly. So, let's see what I can do. And the book, that's probably not the smartest thing for me to do it while, while I, while I try to draw, because I'd like to be able to flip through it and tell you a little bit of what's in it. So maybe in just a minute, the book is called Comics Easy as ABC, The Essential Guide to Comics for Kids. And it is a tune graphics book. The reason I have it, it is by Yvonne Brunetti. And those of you who are fans of Linda Berry are familiar with that name. And I've talked about him a lot. His work is beautiful and fascinating. And you can find examples on tons of New Yorker covers. And if you have used the Linda Berry books like Syllabus or Making Comics, then she always directs people to look at a book of his called Cartooning. And it's a very small book, but it is super, super packed. It's a very dense little book. And you may also have looked at Aesthetics, a memoir. And then this one is for kids. And there are a few others from, from tune books, wordplay and three by four are two. And I had three by four out recently and I didn't talk about it. It is not a how to book. It is almost a math book done in cartoon format, but this one is, is interesting and the other one's interesting too, just not necessary for this show. But this one, Comics Easy as ABC, ABCs, I think some of you would just be interested in seeing it. And if you have kids, you might be interested in seeing it. So I didn't do a great job getting this person's head in. Let's count hands how many people are super surprised. So in this book, one of the things that you definitely will get 
is a whole lot of inspiration and examples for drawing super simple cartoon heads and understanding how to convey emotion and expression and also some discussion of how to give motion, how to put your characters in motion. It's definitely an emphasis in his discussions on showing full characters and in action. And Barry does the same thing. A lot of today's graphic novel work, especially in the sort of autobiographical space, a lot of times focuses on talking heads and I do a whole bunch of talking heads. So the challenge and push to really focus and get bodies in there is an interesting thing and a difficult thing for some of us. His style of body is really well known and it's very shape oriented, circular heads. He's got a very distinct style and you can certainly learn and practice and look at, but his style is incredibly distinct. So, but it's a fun book for kids. I think it helps explain the medium, the format, the structure, and it gives a lot of really concrete, actionable advice. So I liked it. There's, I'm looking for my eraser, but I'll be out of 10 minutes too quick to even worry about work seeing this right now. There is an alphabet that he's turned into characters. So there's inspiration for just really understanding that characters are everywhere and can come from your doodles and that kind of imaginative encouragement and freedom and play, I think could make such a difference in how kids approach that kind of work. They wouldn't end up so stilted as people like me. So I do think that it is a great book if your library has it. I, a long time ago, talked about a book which has stuck in my head. The title, especially, I talked about a book called Otto's Orange Day, which was also by this Tune Books company. And I really enjoyed it at the time and I just pulled it up to check. That is a tune level three and this, the wordplay and three by four books by Brunetti, those are word, are tune level one. So clearly this is a series that has some scaffolding and some leveling. So if you have kids, you can check it out on that, on that level. But if you're just an adult looking, then it doesn't even matter. There's another auto one called Otto's Backwards Day. Kind of think I saw that one too. It's been a long time. And I would pull all of these. There are a whole bunch of other tune books. I would pull some of these. If I could. So I've got her face in and the start of just her sweatshirt hoodie. 
the hood and I'm just trying to I don't even want to deal with the hair right now which falls all the way over because I need to just jump down now and position these hands. See, what's the best way to do that? So the bone happens in line with this eye. I wouldn't usually jump down like this and do my drawing disconnected in this way, but I think I might need to here. Otherwise, there won't be any room for these hands and bones. So I'm going to just jump down and then whatever's in the middle there will be where her body and hair is. And I planned a little bit. I blocked, divided my block into some sections to start so that I had a general sense. Of where these things would be. And so now I'm ready to do the hands, which probably will happen Uh, yeah, after the timer. I'll just draw for just a minute. And what I'm going to do is put this thumb in on top of the phone, which leads to the sweatshirt. Which is going to carry me back right up into her. Should carry me right back up into her body, into her head and her hair. Well, that's not the worst possible use of space there. It's compressing her just a bit, but this approach will work. And I will work on this later today. This will be what I do later after I do some of my Sunday, Sunday things. So let's see, what else did I, I had, I was going to talk about going to scoot that out of the way. I had been going to talk about some other things from the pages from last week, but these shows go fast. So I just want to, I'm going to flip through this book and just tell you a little bit about what's in it. It is a hard bound book. Comics easy as ABC, the essential guide to comics for kids. reading the blurb on the back. So in it, you find a whole bunch of different things, but a whole bunch of actual examples. So basic shapes, make your marks, shows how you can make connect dots to find characters and monsters and shapes and animals. 
There are some simple things to try, how to draw a snail. If you're a fan of something like Ed Emberley, then there's a little bit of a similarity here, but not really because this is really about faces, really about cartoon style characters and some of the things that go along with that, some props, some indications of setting, but the emphasis on faces is huge. So you get a little bit about how to proportion faces in the cartoon world. And then you get really clear examples of how to do eyes, eyebrows, noses, ears, mouth, hair. And then you get examples of emotions. And you can find a lot of this kind of stuff online. If you're somebody who just likes to practice these things, you can pull up things like this and do it online, but it's really nice having it in a book like this. And so it's nice to be able to just flip through this one section has a whole bunch of information. So you see examples in this circular face for listening, smiling, happy, laughing, surprised, disappointed, sad, crying, asleep, worried, afraid, terrified, angry, disdainful, winking, and reading this book. And then you get a little bit of help with profiles, how that changes things. And then you see these little sequences that show emotions as they unfold over a couple of heads, over four or five heads. Looks like each of these is four. So you see laughter and you see what changes throughout the sequence of four heads when nothing else changes, what changes just in the face to indicate laughter and to indicate anger and to indicate grief and to indicate surprise. And those are really compelling and fascinating examples to look at. Then there's that ABCs page and numbers where he's created characters. Some talk about how to do bodies, especially shape-driven bodies, how to use stick figures, how to add things to your characters to make them unique. And then just like emotion and expression, there's body language, putting your character in motion and the fact that what your character does is how we understand your character's personality. There are animals, a couple of pages of animals, another page, a day in a cat's life comic language, some things about how to use some of the really simple things to denote movement, sleeping, things like that. There's a section of props, which would be small icons and things that you could practice doodling. Scale and setting, perspective, there's a good bit of information in here. With examples, there's point of view with three really clear examples, which give you a clear understanding of how these things look differently based on the point of view from which you draw something. Same thing with long shots, medium shot, and close up. A lot of really good information here that is scaled down to be completely accessible to even a younger artist, a teen artist, middle school or higher. Balloons and lettering, some really good information. Then there's discussion of pages and panels. There are some prompts. And then the back part of the book is a little different, and it's got 
it's got some examples and it has um, a section of four panel strips, which are a great way to practice. And it, that's kind of a thing, four panel strips. But there's some discussion back here for parents, teachers, and librarians. And that's the back, maybe, maybe 20 pages almost. So there are 10, 10 numbered sections of suggestions for how parents, teachers, and librarians can read comics with kids. Yeah, it's how to read comics with kids. And then there is a bibliography at the back with some suggestions for other books to check out. I looked through that a few times. I think I've looked at all of those and some of the ones there are definitely excellent books. And then there's one advertised here on the back, which I'm going to have to see if maybe Hoopla has since I can't check anything out. So Hoopla has had some of the comic kinds of things, which has been nice. So this is just one that if you're able to check things out, you might want to look at. I know some of you enjoy the cartooning sensibility. Some of you have different approaches to it and different reasons for it than I do, which makes total sense. For me, it's a way to tell a different kind of story. And for some of you, you're super imaginative and you have your own characters and you really just work in this format. And I absolutely love that. But this kind of book is accessible to all of you. And if you're at all interested, or if you have kids, having them work on their own comics when they are kids is such a wonderful thing. I said middle school for this book, but certainly it could be younger. We used to do artist dates, Matthew and I, and we would go to the coffee shop and he would work on his own graphic novel and I would work on my art. And letting kids and encouraging kids to tell their stories in this way can be really empowering, can really set the stage for things moving forward and can help them tap into this creative and imaginative part of themselves where there is whimsy anyway and the rules are different and those characters can look like whatever they have in their heads. They can create the craziest of characters and go with it. And that kind of imagination and blind faith in what you're doing, you lose that somewhere along the way. And it can be very hard, if not impossible, to tap back into that for some of us. It really depends on the person. But the more you can encourage that with your younger kids, your grandchildren, kids that you interact with or spend time with, the better. So it's a fun book to check out. Those of you who are super into it, definitely you might look at cartooning. And of course, go look at Syllabus by Linda Berry, Making Comics. So much goodness there. Tons of podcast shows about those books. And the format there even for a daily journaling, a quadrant journaling is what I call it. It's a four panel, sometimes five panel. It's usually five to seven minutes, depending on where you see her talk about it. That can really change your outlook too and your approach 
and your understanding of what you can do to track your day. So take a look at those. All right, this got long because it had a book. I appreciate you joining me today. Thank you. I'm Amy. You can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. The show notes are available on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidlis. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy. Thank you especially to those of you who support the CMP. Yes, it is out here and for free, but thank you to those of you who support the CMP at Patreon. Patreon.com slash creativity matters. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe. Have a good week, everyone.